Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Not Tuesday show. Uh, still working on trying to figure out exactly where to go with this format, but this is where we're at right now. Thank you, everybody at home for listening to the podcast. Thank you to everybody on YouTube for watching on YouTube. And of course, here you guys live on Twitch right now. Uh, let me make sure I get the chat over here so I can see everybody. Uh, just got home from uh, ECT, of course. Um, East Coast Throwdown. Uh, just got back uh, yesterday, actually, and slept the entire day. Didn't get any sleep the night before. My flight was super early. Basically, at 4 a.m., had to start heading towards the airport. So basically, uh, if you guys remember, I finished commentating at around midnight. So, uh, yeah, uh, I had four hours to pack and start leaving for the airport. Uh, slept all day yesterday, but ECT, wonderful, wonderful event. I mean, uh, it's, it's the size of the event, obviously, is a lot smaller than most events at this point in time. You know, if we're talking Combo Breaker and Evo and CEO and these kind of things like that, ECT is very small, but I got to tell you, there's something very appealing about smaller events like that. Uh, you know, it's more personal, You get, it's more intimate, you get to see a lot of the people that are there, and it's really nice. I mean, again, something like Evo, I think is fantastic. It's great for opening up people to the world, you know, of fighting games and such. It is, it makes fighting games seem as big and awesome as they truly are. But there is something to be said about the smaller, more cozy events like ECT. And I hope, you know, we can maintain this kind of level of where we have both all the time. I do have AC, uh, AG42. However, my, so my home is done very, very interestingly. The living room is upstairs. And the bedrooms are downstairs, so I've got a two-floor condo here. The living room is upstairs. The living room is also high ceilings, but the problem is upstairs is where the heat all rises. And also, there's big, like a sliding door here, sliding door there, two like doors with lots of windows everywhere. Basically, the upstairs get green gets greenhoused. <laughs> The upstairs gets very greenhouse. Like if I go downstairs, it's wonderful right now. Uh, but the air conditioner can barely battle the heat up here. So again, I'm spoiled. I'm in Santa Monica. It's usually pretty cool here. So it being like 80 some degrees indoors right now is probably a blessing for most people who are living further north who have it actually at like 110 degrees. Uh, I was happy for Kizzy winning KOF. Look, again, SoCal. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Um, so, yeah, uh, really, really happy for Kizzy K. But again, uh, see, ECT was this past weekend. And you know what? Honestly, the way that it was run this week, it was very smooth. It was run very well. The guys who run these events these days, in, in particular Walter, a.k.a. Willie P., like his crew and everybody, they're so good at this now. At this point in time, I think it would behoove them to try to make ECT even bigger than it actually currently is. 
because now, you know, we're still got plenty of regionals and stuff to make sure that we don't lose that feel. Defend the North, as somebody mentioned in the chat over here. But, you know, ECT is like the biggest major in the New York area right now, even though it's in Stamford, Connecticut. It's an hour drive from JFK. But still, a uh, JFK Airport, which is the main international airport in uh, New York. However, it is still um, the biggest major in that area. And New York, again, is the strongest region of fighting game players in the States. So obviously, I feel like ECT deserves to be like a major, major at this point because it really is the premier event of the strongest region in America. Uh, having said that, though, again, having it be the small size that it was, was actually really cool. Uh, the events were a lot of fun to watch. The matches were really, really, really awesome. Yeah, I mean, Real Law says that, you know, ECT should be on par with Combo Breaker in a perfect world. For sure, hardest part for both events right now, Combo Breaker obviously has become a different thing, but the reason why ECT is run in Stamford, Connecticut is because <laughs> New York is expensive, okay? The reason why SCR was run in freaking random places in Southern California a lot of the time and not in the heart of Los Angeles because Los Angeles is expensive. New York is expensive. Really, 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 really hard to, to uh, run events there. What happened to West Coast? Don't know, Claro. And a lot of it also, though, is honestly, you know, uh, Spooky has done a wonderful job building the NLBC brand and the NLBC online. And uh, they just continued running. Obviously, Spooky has stopped that now, but NLBC offline is starting back up again. And they just have the, the reputation. They just have the reputation for it, uh, honestly. So, um, but in any case, uh, like I said, ECT was really cool. Had a lot of fun there. It was my first ECT ever. It was great to see Joe. Always wonderful to support him. A lot of people there saying it was their first major that they had ever been to, which was also really, really cool. Uh, yeah, exactly, Big Four Lil. The reason why CEO has moved to Daytona is because Orlando is starting to become prohibitively expensive. And obviously, he's had the Wyndham, uh, Jabali has had the Wyndham Hotel, but the Wyndham Hotel ballroom is too small. What, what, what is happening here? What is happening? Cal OES, conserve energy now to protect public health and safety. Extreme heat is straining the state energy grid. Power interruptions may occur unless you take action. Turn off or reduce non-essential power if health allows. Now until 9 p.m. I won't, I won't lie. After the stream is done, I will probably turn off my air conditioner and head downstairs and try to conserve some energy. But I can't do that right now. I cannot do that. Hey, shout out to Dubu Domo in the chat with this prime sub. He was at ECD. I actually got to commentate his match. Almost took a game off of IDOM too. Nice, nicely done. Nicely done. <clears throat> um, yeah, the drama of live TV. Uh, but a lot of it was fun. I was flown out there for Vampire Savior, which is how I ended up at ECT. So Capcom covered my travel and expenses to go out there. Uh, again, it's very difficult for me to go out to events if the events don't somehow can get me to travel there. And it's kind of sucks. 
uh, as a result because I'd love to go to all events and support all the events I can. Very difficult. But uh, again, lots of really, really, really cool stuff going on. The Vampire Savior Tournament was awesome. Hope you guys had a chance to watch that. If you don't, I'm sure it'll be up on YouTube at some point in time. But again, uh, just a lot of fun there. Uh, shout outs to all the winners and everything like that. And uh uh yeah the, i mean msi sponsored right uh the vampire savior tournament i'm sure msi has a lot to do with that 7k's pride pool prize pool and a lot to do with them being able to work on the laptop over there which is really really cool and let's hope they keep it up man let's hope they keep it up let's hope capcom keeps supporting these because the vsav community deserves it and uh it'd be fun to see a lot of those other games like cyberbots and and maybe even puzzle fighter get like actual circuits out there because puzzle fighter is another one of those extremely extremely beloved fighting uh, puzzle games out there that there's a lot of people with a lot of pride playing that game but vsav is definitely in my opinion the premier game on cfc so hopefully they keep supporting that game and doing more stuff and you know really trying to establish a proper old school scene for Capcom games, uh, because honestly, the old school scene deserves it. Super Turbo, Vampire Savior, Third Strike, of course. Be nice to have Capcom official support for these things. Again, do we need world tours for these things? That's asking for a lot, right? Like, that's just not going to happen unless it grows bigger than we expected. But if Capcom's willing to put out and support events like this every once in a while, like, hey, they'll do an official thing at EVO, official side tournaments at EVO, teaming up with 956 Productions, the Vortex Gallery, and they do something official at ECT, and they do something official, you know, at NEC or something like that. That'd be really, really cool. That'd be really, really cool. So, <laughs> CVS2, FAQ, Lord James Chen, that is who I am. My 200 and some odd pages FAQ, for CVS2. Now, I didn't write the whole thing. My brother did all the bio section uh, that's at the end talking about all the characters and stuff like that, which was really cool. But uh, again, it is long, long, long FAQ. Um, when will I get back to my SF CVS2 roots? I don't know if I can, dude. I'm so out of practice in that game, and I have too many games, and this weekend is inspiring me to want to learn some Vampire Savior. So I might start busting out the CFC to play some Vampire Savior myself, okay? So if you guys want to get in on some Vampire Savior action, stay tuned to uh, twitch.tv slash jchenzor. Uh, X Vorden says, I'm super excited that you're in SF6. I was disappointed at launch when you weren't a commentator, so I'm happy that's been corrected. When I think Street Fighter commentary, I think Jay Chenzer. Thank you. Appreciate it. Dude, not a con. I did a four-hour stream on Vampire Savior alone. On just Vampire Savior. It's uh, currently on YouTube as a private video because it's four hours long and that's probably not conducive to people for watching. Uh, I do have somebody looking at it right now uh, to see if it might behoove us to edit it down to smaller chunks. So he's going to use his expert opinion to see what he can do with that Vampire Savior video. So hopefully we will be able to get that up uh, pretty soon for you guys in some form or another. 
but honestly, outside of ECT, there's not much random fighting game news, which is what I was talking about, which is why I should have changed the topic up here to have that highlighted for... I do this, I do the topic highlight now, more for my editing, so I know how to put down the, the timestamps a little bit easier, and I forgot to do that for my own benefit. <clears throat> Um, but yeah, uh, hopefully at some point I can start playing some Vampire Savior. Uh, pretty scrubby at the game, mostly just because uh, when I was learning the game, the game we didn't have access to Japanese footage, so it was very difficult to gain access to like the high level play out there. And so at this point in time, you know, uh, it, like I, I've never gotten a chance to play at the high, high levels, and that would be fun to actually try to learn. Uh, yes, I watched a little bit of that Big Four Lil. Had that uh, help me fall asleep in the background uh, earlier with the dulcet tones of Jeremy and St. Cola in the background as I was sleeping. So, yes, Street Fighter League Japan has kicked off today. ECT, actually, funny, probably should mention this ECT was held at uh, Hilton Stamford which is also the location of the infamous Evo Easts that took place back in 2004 and 2005 uh, if you guys have remember hearing the stories uh, have you if you guys remember hearing the story I know Tom and Tony have told us the cannons who run Evo uh, who own Evo I should say, because they don't run it anymore. That's mostly Rick now. Uh, but they told the story. I've told the story many times on stream. But Stanford, uh, Hilton Stanford is the same location as the Evo East, the one with the infamous lagged monitor stories and the, uh, the 24 hour Walmart quests that myself went on to that I documented with photos. Uh, to try to fix the tournament after we were given nothing but lagged TVs. Uh, again, this story is famous. There's multiple versions of it being told on YouTube. I can tell it again if you guys really want to. It's a wonderful story, but, you know, uh, uh, like I said, there's multiple versions out there, even with, like, cool animations and stuff like that told by Tom and Tony. And like I said, I have all the photos and everything like that, and there's a lot of funny things that went down with that tournament. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, that was the same place as uh, Evo East, where a lot of fun things went down. And again, I have a bunch of photos from Evo East from that weekend and such. And, you know, it, it's, it was just really odd. Like, obviously, the hotel is much nicer than it was than when we were there for uh, Evo East a long time ago. But, um, man, so many interesting stories at that Evo East. That's where Steve Harrison uh, entered the Guilty Gear tournament as himself. It was a team tournament. It was a 3v3 team tournament, and Steve Harrison's teammates all bailed on him, so he asked if he could play in the team tournament by himself. Now, there was really no rules against that, so long as the opponents only needed to win one game. So basically, he had to OCV every team, and if any team beat him once, it was over. It was like his teammates were auto-DQ'd, basically, is how it works. And Steve Harrison, sure enough, got top four by himself with Kai using Guilty Gear. <laughs> In Guilty Gear XX. And I have the footage of when he qualified. 
and he was so happy, he jumped on the table, started screaming and yelling and saying, who's the great, I'm the best, you know, basically pulling off one of those, you know, uh, God, what is that guy, like, what is that, the, the I am speech guy, you know, of the bowler, basically, he was doing that speech, then ran across the tables out of the venue, almost got tackled by Chris Lee for security purposes, and uh, yeah, he made top eight by himself, it was uh, pretty ridiculous. <laughs> Oh man, so what a what a what a blast from the past to be back at that venue again it was really cool and really uh fascinating. Again, there's so many stories, so many old school stories that we just don't have the like that we just don't have all the information out there for. Uh, I used to do the OK Sonic Boomer streams. I need to get Corey back onto that or just figure out how to do the OK Sonic Boomer streams myself. And excuse me while I pour myself some water because it is very, very warm. I mean, again, it's it wasn't like that they were trying to bring the venue back. It wasn't like they were going to the venue specifically because it was the old school venue. Uh, they did it because it was the closest and cheapest venue to New York City. Again, one hour drive from LaGuardia Airport and from JFK International Airport. One hour drive from both of those places, but it was the largest and cheapest place. That's why Evo East was there. There's no connection between the two except for the fact that the venue exists and is cheaper than everything in New York. And that's why it happened to be at that venue again. But, um, oh yeah, yeah, budget reasons, 100%. I mean, Vaporate, uh, you know what, maybe I'll save it for another time to tell that whole uh, lag TV story, but it's out there on the internet. If you hit me up on Twitter and remind me, I'll try to post up, I'll try to find the link to it, but I think the Score Esports did a whole production on the Canons telling that story. Um, yeah, I know, right? A hundred years from now, it's going to be the same. It's going to be the same thing. So we'll see what happens with ECT next year, if it'll still be back in Stamford, uh, Connecticut. But uh, again, man, what a what a uh, blast from the past. Heck, the 24 hour diner that everybody was going to was probably the same 24 hour diner that the Evo staff went to almost every night during setup. And there was one day that we were there and the and there was a waitress who literally a, her customer dined and dashed on her. And that, and this diner was not the the nicest place when we were there. Right now the diner looked much nicer uh, if it is the same diner. I don't know, but the waitress actually had a customer dine and dash on her. And so the manager came out and still started yelling at her and basically deducted her pay to make up for the food that the guy took off. And uh, I still remember Tom and Tony and Chris Lee and everybody, we all saw that. She was our waitress too. And uh, they left her a big giant tip basically to make up for it. So, you know, uh, it was actually really cool. I mean, I, I still remember that story. I still remember that happening over there. And, you know, again, Canons have always been extremely kind and generous people. So that was really cool. Uh, it's called ETC. 
uh, ECT KC Fusion Gamer, which of course is uh, East Coast Throwdown. So <laughs> never, never actually uh, been on the West Coast. Uh, there have been a lot of events in SoCal. There used to be West Coast Warzone. There used to be Southern California Regionals. All of the SoCal West Coast tournaments have all disappeared. In fact, all the California tournaments, NCR is gone now, as far as we know. Most of the California tournaments have stopped because San Francisco and Los Angeles are prohibitively expensive to run events, which is why NCR was always in Sacramento, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So we've definitely... Uh, had uh, a lot of situations where you know we used to have a lot of majors here but again you know again because SCR had to go way away from Los Angeles and the, the the location wasn't as nice and people were like there's nothing to do here and blah 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 and all these problems kept happening you know events like SCR started getting attended less and of course it wasn't SCR's fault it was just the fact that it's hard to run events in Los Angeles and so there just wasn't any reason to keep running those majors because basically Basically, everybody's losing money all the time on these kind of things. So, uh, again, TOs are not making money on these events, man. They're not making money. Is obviously once you get as big as Evo, you might be able to turn a profit. Uh, I'm sure it was previous to the pandemic, but this past year, I don't know if that's the case necessarily and stuff. But uh, again. California has been a very rare location for majors at this point in time. So very, very difficult to run majors out here in California area in the major cities. Because again, venues are small. And if you could find one that's big enough, it's going to be like the LA Convention Center. And trust me, that place, nobody in the FGC is affording the LA Convention Center. <laughs> No one is affording the LA Convention Center, okay? Oh, man. In any case, um, yeah, it's funny because I know a lot of people don't really like Evo in Vegas or they don't like Las Vegas, but as I've mentioned in previous streams already, Vegas is actually one of the best locations for a fighting game tournament. Uh, it's painful to go to places that aren't open 24 hours for something that, that's that big. And yeah, uh, Vegas can be expensive also because we're stuck on the tourist trap by being on the actual strip. But uh, for the most part, it's still... Like, you try to go to a lot of other venues and uh, it can be expensive in other places as well. So... Um, do, 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 do. yeah, uh, a smaller venue does keep things a lot hype and it's, it's really, really cool. It has gotten a lot more expensive for sure. Lurker spine, but originally Vegas was actually cheaper than most locations. Like that was something that I used to say all the time. Vegas was actually cheaper for people to fly to and stay at. Not the case anymore. So that argument has gone completely uh, out the window, unfortunately. So how did you do that, Big Four Lil? Spending that little the whole Evo weekend? That's crazy. Uh, but yeah, Vegas is always cheaper to fly to than most places. Uh, because they want you there. <laughs> Vegas will subsidize a lot of the airline tickets to fly people to Vegas because they want you there and they want you to spend money at the casinos. <laughs> uh, 
Oh, man. In any case, enough about that. Let's go ahead and move on to the main topic at hand here. And let us talk about the hitbox. This is a topic that a lot of people have been talking about recently, spurred on largely by the uh, video that Dustin, Hitbox Dustin, the creator of the hitbox, uh, put out with the four-frame reuse super. Uh, you know, I always tell myself I should look these things up before I actually do this, uh, reviews. I wonder if I can actually find this tweet right now. Uh, if anybody can find the original tweet, uh, for that, let me know. But basically it was a video of him holding backwards and then going thwack, and then basically Ryu did a super in what looks almost like four frames. Probably, it's hard to say if it was exactly four frames, you know, to do down forward, down forward, plus the punch. But whatever the case, it was four, five, or six uh, uh, frames. And yeah, big for lil says here, I've been watching those shortcut tutorials for years, still haven't found any of them useful. Exactly, and we'll get into that just a little bit. Uh, let's see, Hitbox, Hitbox, what is the official Hitbox Twitter? Because everything I'm looking up here is uh, not the real one. Oh, there it is. Oh, hit underscore box. <laughs> okay, here we go. Let's go ahead and watch this, shall we? Uh, let's watch this on tape and take a look at uh, how this looks over here. I believe I should have this set up. Yep, here we go. There you go. I mean, very, very fast to do this thing here. And you see from walking backwards, being able to do this is a really powerful technique here. Uh, being able to do this from walking backwards is a very, very, very powerful tool and weapon to have. Now, this tweet here started the discussion again of should Hitbox be banned? And, you know, is this cheating or not, right? And there's been a lot of good conversation out there. And this is the hardest part is a lot of people are really mad. They're angry. People are getting all up in their feelings and stuff like that. But there's a lot of great discussion happening here and a lot of really uh, clever solutions for a lot of people. Uh, and yeah, and that's one of them, AG42. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit here as well. But let's talk about this, right? Why is something like the hitbox legal? So I've got myself here a beautiful snack box micro from Junk Food Arcade. Again, shout outs to them for sending this to me. Yes, as an influencer, I have definitely received this uh, at no cost. They sent me one here. So thank you for this. They even let me customize the color. I got it in half Felicia, half Chun-Li colors. Uh, blue is my favorite color. So it's uh, really beautiful here. But let's talk about, you know, the advantages and disadvantages of this over a stick. Of course, the power of the hitbox is really the precision inputs. A lot of us, for example, on a joystick, when we try to go from down back to straight back, to make sure we block an overhead or a tri-jump or something, and half of us are like, 
I totally blocked that. It's because we don't want to smash the back because we might accidentally hit up back. So we try to move it to back, but there's a little give, right? Like if the joystick is diagonally down as I slide it, it doesn't let go of down until about halfway up. And so a lot of us don't actually get to back to block the overhead in time, even though our reactions let us start moving the joystick beforehand. On the hitbox, this is down back right here. Again, left, down, right, and this is up. And this is a standard hitbox layout. So even though this is the snack box, we can use this to talk about it. Blocking an overhead is literally that. I just have to let go of a button. There's no worry about me accidentally kidding jump or whatever like this. It is very precise. There's a lot of precision. Dashing, for example, very easy. Double tap forward here. Heck, I can even double tap forward with it, my right hand if my right hand is actually faster. If I want to dash with that, you know, there's a lot of uh, leeway because they've also put the buttons close together so that you have access to it. So in that four frame super video, one of the things that if you don't pay attention to, Dustin activates the super with his right hand by pressing right and this at the same time. So he actually does down, forward, down with his left hand and then uses his right hand to hit both of these buttons. And that's basically how that, you know, that's how he got that four frame super to come out. So there's a lot of advantages, especially with the ability to jump really fast. Double tapping is so much faster on this. So if you wonder to yourself, oh, you know what? Being able to dash with a button is nice. It packs in a backpack better than a stick. That is true, Devolvo, except for the sticks that have the ones that you can remove uh, as well. Uh, that you can remove the lever, by the way. Uh, but, you know, the thing about it is, let's take a look at one of the biggest advantages that this controller has ever getting, given. And that is to Strider players in Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3. Why does Strider take advantage of this controller so well? <laughs> I choked on my water because I tried talking too fast. Whoo! Strider in CV in M UMBC three has a double jump. His double jump has no height restriction. His double jump is lower than his regular jump. And so, if you're on the ground, becomes a lower jump that can overhead way faster than any other, than, than uh, you can without the, the hitbox. So there's a lot of Strider players that have learned to play and do double tap here and try it with the joystick. Try doing up forward, up forward as fast as you can. On the hitbox, I hold either left or right, and then with this, I double tap. If you try to do this with a joystick on uh, on uh, in Marvel 3, it's hard. And even if you, let, let's say you even want to do it neutral. Let's take away the forward and back. Let's just say I want a neutral double jump as low as possible. Up, up is still slower than this or this. 
And so you can imagine when Daigo wanted to use this, it wasn't even necessarily for Guile's charging. One of the reasons why he wanted to learn this was because he was like, wait a minute, I can dash forward way faster on this than I can on a joystick. So dash throw becomes a lot scarier, etc., etc. So there's a lot of power to the hitbox controller. And there's the advantages right there that you have, and you have a lot of precision. Now, why are people calling this the cheat box? I mean, is it just those things? When Hitbox first debuted a long time ago, I believe it was Rio, uh, R-E-O, uh, an NRS player who used it in MK9, and Cabal had the ability to throw an air fireball, but he had no height restriction. And so the lowest air fireball possible with Cabal was like Air Hyper Viper Beam in Marvel 2, in that all of the recovery is the time it took for him to land. And so if you could actually do instant air jump fireball, it was actually lower than the, his ground fireball. And if I believe if you did it right, opponents couldn't even crouch under it. Not only that, because in Mortal Kombat, fireballs are usually crouchable, unless specifically like Liu Kang's low fireball. And then, because he did it so low to the ground, he would land and recover almost instantaneously. So for the long time in MK9, yes, Ryo was uh, accused of being a cheater for using the hitbox and stuff like that. And so there are definite benefits to the hitbox like that, right? Now... I'm going to talk about some stuff later. People don't talk about the advantages of joysticks over a hitbox because a lot of people pretend that there aren't any. There definitely are. We'll get into that in just a little bit, and we'll talk about SOCD uh, stuff, Ruin, uh, in just a little bit as well. Uh, SOCD is definitely a very important topic that we have to talk about. In fact, I should probably add it over here on the side. But before we get to that here... You know, the advantages that a hitbox give are huge. However, there is one major advantage now that the hitbox has. Actually, let's talk about SOCD cleaning right now. Let's talk about it right now because this is an important topic here. SOCD cleaning is one of the biggest things that gives the hitbox an advantage now. And why is that? Because, and a lot of people aren't explaining it this way, the reason why the hit cheat box, the hitbox, the leverless controls, the all but controls, whatever you want to call it, gives an advantage is because we have an input for neutral now. And this is really powerful, and a lot of people don't realize why this is so strong. What I'm going to do here, uh, let's move this over here. Let's turn on this display over here. And whoop, here we go. Neutral. Neutral is when I leave the controller alone. If you look at here on the right side of the screen, I am using the blue Benimaru. I am actually second player over here. And I'm using KOF in particular because it's going to give me the ability to demonstrate some stuff. But look at the input display on the right. The dot means I'm at neutral. And so one of the powerful tools that... Uh, 
the hitbox provides is that the SOCD cleaning has been chosen and decided to equal neutral. So what is SOCD? Let's get this out of the way first. Simultaneous opposite coordinal directions, if I'm not mistaken. I believe that's what it means. <laughs> Simultaneous opposite coordinal directions. <laughs> Uh, do I have a way to get the camera here? Okay, I do not. So what we're talking about here is that the hitbox, cardinal directions, cardinal directions, thank you. But what the hitbox provides us with is the ability to hit left and right at the same time, which the joysticks do not do. It allows us to hit up and down at the same time, which joysticks do not do. What this led to was a lot of problems early on in FGC history. I believe in Street Fighter 4 on a PS4 or Xbox 360 pad, if you hold back on the D-pad and forward on the analog stick, you are holding left and right essentially at the same time. And if I don't remember if it was Street Fighter 4 or another fighting game, but what this led you to be able to do was walk forward with Guile and charge Sonic Boom at the same time. You would hit back, hit forward, Guile would start walking forward, but the back still registered as charging. And so you could walk forward and then throw Sonic Booms by just letting go of this and like hitting a button or something like that. In Marvel 3, classic Marvel 3, if I held forward and uh, if I held forward and back at the same time, I blocked all left-right mix-ups. So you couldn't mix me up. So no matter what, it, it was just left-right, left-right. You couldn't block it whatsoever. And so as a result, um, uh, it was cheating. And so what? So. The gaffro box that Daigo had was programmed so that it was whatever. This is where SOCD cleaning comes in. Before I talk about the gaffro box guts, uh, let's talk about SOCD cleaning. So what SOCD cleaning means is that when two opposite cardinal directions are pressed on the controller at the same time, what happens? There are two layers to SOCD cleaning. There's hardware SOCD cleaning and there's software SOCD cleaning. The hardware SOCD cleaning is when a controller itself determines what to do. The software side is, is if the game itself decides what to do. The current life that we are living in right now, and actually JP in the chat says, there's actually five types of SOCD cleaning. Okay, uh, but yes, Marvel was patched later on and they fixed it in the game itself so that if you held left and right, I think it registered as neutral so that way you couldn't actually use it. Now, uh, the two main things, software and hardware side, of SOCD cleaning, the hard, if it's hardware side, the board itself, as you can see here, the circuit board, is programmed to determine what to do. The uh, controllers here, for example, if you hold left and right, I think literally just send left plus right to the games themselves. Then on the software side, they can determine 
what to do. If on the software side, they can program SOCD cleaning in that if they receive LNR at the same time, it can decide what to do. This is an important distinction to make because no matter what a developer does on their side for SOCD cleaning, if the hardware does its own form of SOCD cleaning, the software will never be able to tell. So a lot of people have been saying, let's program games so that left plus right does such and such. Well, if my controller has SOCD cleaning already, so that left plus right equals neutral, for example, there's nothing the game can do because what's being sent to the, the, uh, the game is neutral, not left plus right. The controller is sending that it's at neutral. So there's nothing the software can do at this point in time. That is a very important distinction to make ahead of time. Now, what are the ways that controllers have decided to do SOCD cleaning? Uh, you're not going to be able to tell by look because I don't have the pictures of my hands right now. And I apologize to everybody at home who's listening through this to this through podcast. But I'm going to hit left and right on this game right now at the same time. So what's going to happen here is I'm going to hold right on the controller. And as soon as I hit left, what you'll see now is that the game interprets it as neutral. So the SOCD cleaning on all hitboxes programmed is that if I hit left and right at the same time, this equals neutral. This equals neutral. That is how they decided to clean it. So if I hold one direction, hit the opposite, they add together, cancel each other out to neutral. Is this the best way to do it? It seems logical. Is it the best way? Actually, it turns out it might not be. Because the controller can do whatever it wants. Because I'm going to show you right now. I'm going to hold down on the controller. And now I'm going to press up on the same time. You'll notice that Benimaru is jumping. So holding up and down at the same time. So down and then up. You see on the input on the top right of the screen, it's registering as up. Well, look what happens if I hold up and press down. Down doesn't register. Down is deaded. So no matter how often I hit down, as you can hear, down is not registering on the controller. The SOCD cleaning on this, and this is not a hitbox, since this is the snack box, I do believe they use a, is it a brook board or something? There's a specific board that they use here in the snack box, and the, uh, the, Board in there has determined that up, up plus down will equal up no matter what. It cleans up plus down as up. And it cleans, yeah, the Brook UFB. There you go. Thank you, Gundam Jehudi Kai. Uh, up plus down equals up. Left plus right equals neutral. So as you can see, there is the ability for the hardware maker to decide how they want to do SOCD cleaning so long as... The, the illegal thing is to have both of them pressed at the same time. However, there is one extra illegal 
that was ruled as for SOCD cleaning, which was done by the Gafro box. Uh, Snackbox and Hitbox, Claro, are different brands. Hitbox is not the name of this type of controller. Hitbox is the name of the first brand to create this. Snackbox is a competitor controller market uh, company that has created their own brand of all button controllers. People are trying to call them generically the leverless controllers. Uh, some people are complaining that leverless sounds stupid, uh, that we should call it something else. I've been calling it all buttons controller as well. Uh, button motion controllers is another one to be talked about, uh, to be used. But the main thing is that uh, that's the determination. So, oh, that's right. What I was talking about was there are other SOCD cleaning methods, namely uh, the Gaffro box. This was a all buttons controller created by Gaffro in Japan. And this was the first all buttons controller that Daigo started playing. The way that they did the SOCD cleaning out, instead of hitting left and right at the same time, equaling neutral, their SOCD cleaner was that whichever you press second took priority. So if I was holding left and I press right, right would take priority. If I was holding left and hit right, if I was holding right and hit left, left would take priority. So why was this banned? Why was this banned? Is because it it created optimal sonic boom charging that other controllers were not that were not allowed to do. If I wanted to throw a sonic boom, I did this. So I held back and I hit forward plus punch at the same time. This would throw the sonic boom and as soon as I let go of the buttons, I'd already be charging. Because as soon as I let go of the button, the only thing being held down is left. And so basically, boop, there we go. And, th and this applies to all charges, yep. And so this is one of the things that you could do. And so this is what Daigo was doing with the gaffro box. Sonic boom, sonic boom, sonic boom. And charging almost instantaneously with the controller. This was deemed uh, banned uh, and not allowed. And uh, as a result, Hitbox decided to go with the option of the SOCD cleaning with neutrals for left plus right and up for up plus down. The reason why they did that was that then you could crouch and flash kick and start charging as fast as possible. Why this wasn't banned and the Sonic Boom thing was banned, I'm not 100% sure. I probably should ask Ultra David, but I don't know if Ultra David's around right now. He probably knows more being the lawyer that he is. But yeah, I'm not sure what this, why the logic was for the left and right to be banned on that, but not the up plus down and so needless to say you can charge flash kicks pretty pretty freaking fast uh on with this controller by uh doing it that way in fact uh why don't we actually just demo this really quick now um that's where a lot of the cheating comes from right a lot of people consider cheating however the main cheating that comes from this really is the fact that left plus right equals neutral. 
there's a lot of situations where you do need neutral in a lot of games where neutral is absolutely necessary. So, for example, trying to do an electric wing godfist is forward, neutral, down, down, forward. So forward, neutral, down, down, forward. On a hitbox, that's super easy. Look at this. Right? It's super easy to do. Tap, neutral, down, down, forward. You can actually wave dash. I mean, you can actually uh, do the command dashes for uh, in Tekken really, really fast. But the other way you can also do it too is by holding forward and like tapping these two at the same time or tapping this button instead. So if I tap this, this actually turns it into neutral for certain. What you find out a lot of times when you try to do the command dash with the joystick is that you miss neutral. You actually go from forward to down, forward to down, to down forward. And so you actually mess up the neutral input. By having a way to specifically go to neutral is where a lot of uh, power comes from. Uh, comes from this controller. So let me show you the one example here. Let's, I haven't tried this yet. And I've intentionally not tried this because I wanted to save it for the stream. Actually, let's try this crazy four frame super with Ryu. Because the one thing that I want to get out of people's heads immediately is that the hitbox provides some sort of natural advantage to players and that when you play it everything becomes super super easy <laughs> it's not man <laughs> this little four frame trick is not easy to do but it is accomplished solely by using the socd cleaning whoops hang on a second do, 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 do. <coughs> Show up, please. There we go. So the reason why this works so well, and you're not going to be able to see it. So the reason why I had KOF on earlier, because KOF shows you when the controller goes to neutral, but this, this Street Fighter V does not. What Dustin's actually doing in here is that he's holding back, and then what he does is he hits the other two buttons at the same time. So what he does is he holds back, then he hits down and right at the same time. So what happens is he's holding down left and right at the exact same time. And because left plus right will always equal neutral, this always equals straight down if I hold all three. So if I'm holding all three, this is straight down. If I actually let go one of the buttons, you can see on the uh, directions over there, that I actually get down, back, and down, forward. But you'll have to trust me that holding all three buttons is what's leading to straight down here. So while he walks backwards, he hits both buttons to get the down. Let's go of down and uh, left, which equals now right. So he's holding back, and then he does this. So basically here, let's show you uh, with the controller over here. I hate how Street Fighter V does this. But he basically holds left, hits these two buttons, and then lets go of this button, these two buttons. So he holds left, hits these two buttons, lets go of these two buttons, slides his finger. 
And what he does when he slides his fingers, he goes from right to down again. So he goes, uh, 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 and then slides his finger. And what this gives him is down, forward, down. So let's take a look at this display again over here. If I do this in slow motion, uh, uh, you can see that it gets down, forward, down. So here, and I keep hitting the back button by accident, by the way, that's not supposed to happen. But see, I can't even do it. Pro I keep getting down forward anyway. Hang on a second. So what is that? That's down. I didn't even get forward. I didn't even get forward. Right, it's probably a little bit harder on the snack box because the buttons are a little bit smaller, but let's see here. So he does, uh, so there we go, down, forward, down. So I got a down, forward, down there. And then with his right hand, as I mentioned earlier, he hits light punch plus, um, Stupid Street Fighter Five. He hits light punch plus um, right with this hand over here. So he does that whole thing over here and then hits these buttons over here. And that provides the final forward plus buttons to activate the super. So he does. God. This is not easy. All right, what is, hang on a second. Why is this down? I'm not getting, I'm not getting a clean forward. Let's see, down, forward, down, and then I hit the button too early. Holy crap. <laughs> uh, so that was down, forward, down, and I hit the button at down? Holy crap. That was not four frames. I was definitely doing it very slowly. So I did, uh, 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 uh. So. Oh God, this is not easy. And so the point of this is the reason why I'm doing this. And for those of you on podcast, I've only gotten it once by doing it really slowly like that. That was me doing it really slowly. And not only that, but it forces me to throw the, the jab fireball. Actually, I can still do the fierce fireball if I just spread my fingers a little bit. Uh, holy crap. Dude, this is not easy at all. Even when I'm trying to do it slow, it's not easy. There it is. And so there you go. I mean, that took me many, many tries to do it and super slow. I'm not getting the four frame input that Dustin's getting in his video at all. Um, and you aren't doing this in training mode, right? Yeah, in an actual match. You gotta, it's really, 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 really hard. It's The reason why keyboards are banned in tournaments in general is because most keyboards have other problems where if you just hold too many buttons, it doesn't work and it doesn't have SOCD cleaning and stuff like that. So I think mostly keyboards are banned at events, uh, if I'm not mistaken. 
The point of me demonstrating this is that this is not easy to do. So with all the shortcuts in place, it's still very, very difficult to do. But let me show you some of the other advantages that this controller can get because the SOCD cleaning equals neutral. This is where a lot of the shortcuts come into play. Okay, this is something that we have to look at and there are potential solutions to be proposed. So we will get into that as well. But let me demonstrate to you one of the ways that I've used the SOCD cleaning to take advantage of stuff in King of Fighters, which is why I originally had King of Fighters open in the first place. Let's show you uh, some tricks here. I'm gonna go back to Benny Maru because uh, Benny Maru, he has some other things that I can show you that are gonna be really, really hard to do. <laughs> um, yeah, that's true. A lot of sh there's a lot of shortcuts in Street Fighter V that you can do for DPS. DPS are like they're kind of brokenly good uh, that way, but. One of the tricks that you can do in King of Fighters here is that if you're holding forward on the controller, if you go neutral forward, you start running automatically. So this is unique to King of Fighters and some other fighting games, but this one here is hit forward. I let go of forward and hit forward again. And within a certain amount of frames, that equals running. Running doesn't have to be double tap. If I'm holding forward, I don't have to double tap. If I'm holding forward, I just let go and tap. And so you can probably guess where the SOCD cleaning is coming from over here now, is that if I'm holding forward, all I have to do is tap the other button. So if I'm holding right, I tap left, and that automatically makes me run. So if I'm holding forward, I don't even ever need to let go of forward, and I can start running. What's even more powerful about this is that when you run, you automatically hyper hop. You actually automatically hyper jump or hyper hop while you're running. So if I'm holding forward, rather than letting go of the entire thing to hit down up to do the uh, short hop, I hold forward, tap back, and then tap jump. So now I get the hyper hop without ever having to worry about the, uh, look at that. Without ever having to worry about going down, down up. I'm just pressing back and then tap up with my right hand, with my thumb, and I get a short hop. Whoops, there you go. That's how you could do a short hop on this. If you want to do the regular short hop, it, there's a little bit of trickiness to do the regular short hop the other way because, uh, again, diagonals are a little bit trickier on this thing. But also, if you walk forward long enough, uh, if you walk forward for more than 13 frames in King of Fighters uh, 15, you cannot, so if I hit forward down up like this, so if I hit forward down up, you see I get the hyper hop. But if I walk forward for more than 13 frames, it will not register anymore. It will not register anymore. You actually have to let go of forward in order to do it. So I have to let go of forward. So in other words, walking forward 
for a little bit and then trying to hyper hop is harder on the hitbox using the original inputs than it is to do this uh, dash jump method, which is really interesting. So uh, yeah, on KOF, it's very easy to do short hops in this game. And that's a really, really powerful tool to have. And so an example of where the SOCD cleaning comes in handy because left plus right equals neutral. And so this technique that Dustin showed on the game uh, uh, with the super, if you do get good at it, and again, I'm not gonna say it's impossible to learn. Everybody can learn to muscle memory anything in any fighting game, okay? No matter what you think someone is, it's too hard to learn and be consistent at, you're wrong. People will be consistent at it. So if you consider this not cheating because it's hard to do, that's not a valid reason. Someone's gonna get good at it, right? Someone's gonna be able to do the four frame super with Ryu uh, at, on a moment's notice at any point in time. If you consider it cheating, being hard is not a reason to make it so that it's not cheating. It's, it still qualifies as cheating in your opinion. And a lot of it comes from the SOCD cleaning. So the question is now, how do we solve this? Do we just, what do we start banning? The elephant in the room, honestly, is the pad. It's hard to ban things that don't end up banning the pad. <laughs> it's really hard because you have the ability to left and right on this thing. And then not only that, but a lot of the new controllers these days on PlayStation 4 and on, on PlayStation 5 on an Xbox uh, Series X and Series X, they have these little extra trigger buttons you can now put in the back of your controller and you can program them to whatever you want. Do we ban those? We can't ban those because some people might legit need them for accessibility. Some people may legit need them for accessibility. So we are in a situation that is very, very difficult to ban. And this is where a lot of the discussion comes in. And there's a lot of people out there who are saying that this shouldn't be banned. We should be playing optimal and in fact, you know, one of the biggest discussions we've had is this refresh rate monitor kind of thing. That's the same thing, right? We want to be as optimal as possible. So if you want to optimize your monitor and your input lag, why wouldn't we optimize our controller? In fact, I think one of the most optimal controllers out there is the cross-up. The cross-up, I think, is the most powerful controller out there. Figured I might as well show you guys this thing because I have one. Where did I put my headset? I put the headset on the ground. Mm. The cross up is a controller, also by the Hitbox Group. <clears throat> That has four extra movement buttons over here. Ah! <laughs> ah! Ah! Uh, I think this is also, a lot of people are gonna be better on the hitbox and the cross-up. 
I'm better on this because I'm used to the joystick, but also because this allows for simultaneous button presses on one hand. So for me, doing electric wing god fist is forward, down, press this. And it's really easy to press these two buttons with this hand at the exact same frame to get the electric wing god fist than it is to do with the hitbox. And I honestly don't think that this adds cognitive load. I actually think it's easier this way. For me, as a joystick user, the hitbox adds a ton of cognitive load, but uh, that's me because I'm also used to hitboxes. But in any case, we can't ban these controllers because the pad exists. We cannot ban this because the pad exists because the language of the rules has to allow for two separate directional inputs. Otherwise, the pad is banned. And so as soon as you say, well, we can't, we have to ban the cross-up because it has two directional inputs. It has a joystick and the buttons. Then the pad gets banned as well. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's a tricky situation here, right? Exactly what Jiko says, you know, doesn't matter what controller that you're using. Eventually it becomes muscle memory and it's not a problem. So for example, um, I'm sure muscle memory will get me to do this, but one of the hardest things for me to do on a hitbox as a uh, joystick user is tiger knees, right? Obviously, it's just roll your fingers from down forward and then let go of down and hit up. And there you go, you get a tiger knee. You get a tiger knee, no problem. But for some reason, Trying to do Tiger Knee Fireball like this is really hard for me on the hitbox. I mean, I'm actually doing it way better than I was earlier today. Wow, that's actually kind of impressive. <laughs> I was not getting this at all earlier today, but now I'm doing it more. But just to show you, uh, you know, obviously the more you practice with these things, the better you can become with it, right? So look at this, so now I'm getting it pretty consistent. Can I do it the other way? Oh God. My left hand does not have as much button dexterity as my right hand. So this is not easy to do. So I'm doing it pretty regularly. I'm doing it pretty regularly here. Uh, can, let me see, do I have this on over here? Oh, I do. So now I'm using the dummy Benimaru over here. And let's see how well I can do Tiger Knees here. Oh, it looks like I'm having just as much trouble here. But there's something about the joystick that the timing of it just feels more natural for me. And where this really comes into play, and the reason why I'm choosing Benimaru here, is that Benimaru needs to be able to tiger knee to be able to do knee into the follow-up as fast as possible. So Benimaru has quarter circle forward plus kick, down up plus kick. And that leads to a follow-up, easy to do on hit, thanks to the hit stop right here. Like that. However, you can shortcut this by tiger kneeing the quarter circle forward and plinking kick into another kick. And what happens is that it just registers the tiger knee motion is down up and it blends the two motions together. 
easy peasy. And this allows you to do into follow-up in the super a lot easier. I can't do it the normal way because the normal down-up follow-up is so fast that it's hard for me to get the super out in time. So you tiger knee it and it gives you way more time to be able to do it. I can't do this on a hitbox at all. I can't coordinate myself. Now again, I am a joystick user, so obviously this is gonna be really hard for me. But like to do into Tiger Knee is really hard for me. I haven't done it yet for those of you on the podcast. There it is, yes, I did it, woo! But now you want me to add the super motion in there? I can't. Of course, if I practice this enough, I'll get it. The point is that the hitbox is not a free win box, okay? Brian F. even tweeted this out that he was like, yep, I'm in that week right now where I'm actually really sick of using this and I kinda wanna go back to the joystick because I'm tired of just not being able to have control of what it is that I wanna do. So the main point being that this is not easy to do. Now, a lot of people have talked about the advantages of the hitbox over or button all button controllers over the uh the joysticks but you know what people don't talk about this a lot let's actually talk about this a little bit joysticks have advantages over the hitbox and i haven't seen anybody discuss this at all but in my opinion it's actually a pretty big advantage in that the joystick can't press more than one direction at a time. This is actually really powerful for the joystick. So remember when I told you that there is the method of holding forward, tap back and then jump to get the short hop for, uh, for this? So this is a trick here. I can tap back and then jump and get this. A problem that the joystick never has is there's no timing on letting go of anything. There is no timing on letting go of anything. Because forward and back equal SOCD cleaning to neutral, if I try to input this too quickly, I get a neutral jump. Because if I haven't let go of back in time, I'm still at neutral. So in a pinch situation where I'm trying to use this as a technique and I hit back and up, I'm gonna neutral jump. This will never happen on a joystick. This will never happen on a joystick, ever, 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 ever. And in fact, when you were watching me try to do that four frame uh, super with Ryu, most of my problems were that I was hitting the button while still holding down on the controller. And that's because I hadn't let go of down by the time I hit forward and the button. So my controller was always at down forward. It was always at down. I now have to time letting go of a button with everything else. This does not happen on a joystick at all. So are there distinct advantages of a joystick over the hitbox? Yes, 
there are still distinct advantages of a joystick over a hitbox. It is not one of those things that it's just free that you play this thing and all of a sudden it's, there are still reasons to use the joystick. Absolutely, yes, it has its advantages. And in fact, the advantages that it has probably outweigh the advantages that a joystick has. But I'm just saying, if you are a player that's comfortable with a joystick, you don't have to switch. <laughs> you don't have to switch. Daigo and Tokido and Kawano and Idom are going to be amazing players no matter what controller they're using. Let me just tell you that because like everyone says, in the end it kind of becomes muscle memory. Do they get a little bit of advantages that Guile can charge flash kicks a little bit faster? Absolutely, absolutely. But the thing about it is, my biggest problem is that, as I said, the reason why, and in fact, why don't I just uh, show this to people here because someone asked to check it out anyway. Why don't I actually do this? Because I can. Let's see if this actually loads or... Oh my God, what happened? Oh, okay. Windows Firewall came on and is trying to block Tekken 7 here. <laughs> uh, inputs like forward half circle. Oh, dude, trust me. When I try to do KOF combos... I can't do KOF combos at all very easily, especially when you have to do the DP shortcut of half circle back forward into quarter circle forward plus button to get DP into super. Oof. Oh my God. It's so difficult to do. Let me tell you. Uh, whoa, have I never started Tekken 7 on my PC? Holy crap. I am like selecting languages and everything, dude. This is hilarious. Oh God. <laughs> oh no, wrong buttons. Oh my God. Uh... Uh... Let's just assume this is right. I'll fix it later. <laughs> All right, let's back. Game uses an autosave feature. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I own this on Steam and I've never started it up. What the hell? Why are you asking if I, no. Go away, GeForce Experience. I don't care. I don't care about rated T for team. I don't, oh my God. So many costumes I've unlocked. So many things I have unlocked. All right. All right, thank you, thank you, thank you. Let me just go to training mode here. No, no options, no. Let's just go to training. Practice, there we go. <laughs> Jesus. All right, let's switch the display over here, shall we? So you guys can see this. Welcome to the King of Iron Fist Tournament 7. Uh, Jin, Jin, he has a... Uh, Kazuya has electrics, right? Kazuya yes, Kazuya has electrics. Precipice of Fate. Get ready for the next battle. battle, battle. Yeah, we're all weirded out by it. No costumes in KOF, AGE42. Trust me, I I'm confused by that too. Uh, so what we're going to show here, 
By the way, it is still really warm over here. So this is left, this is left. Okay, so the buttons are correct, all right. So what we're gonna do here is display settings. Oops. We're gonna turn on command history here. So now we see this here and on Tekken, uh, you can't see, neutral. the neutral is a space. So whenever you see a space, See how you can see that they're like next to each other, but if there's ever a space, that means you hit neutral. So that's Tekken here. Now, the powerful thing about Tekken here is if I want to do that dash, look how fast I can do that. But if I want to do electrics, uh, how do I do electrics with this guy? It is this, right? Yeah. So what's tough about this for me is that I have trouble coordinating my left hand and right hand when they're both buttons. In fact, this is what I was talking about, the cognitive overload uh, that I get normally when I try to use the hitbox. When I actually try to do, uh, how do I reset the playing field? Uh, it was, uh, it's uh, that button plus A. Where is that button on the snack box? There it is. Okay, it's this button. Okay, here it goes. So when I try to do electrics with him, I actually have trouble hitting left and I have trouble hitting the button the same time I hit down forward. It's just, as you can see, I'm not getting any electrics at all. Am I, am I? But like if I use the same hand for it, then it's easy. Look at that. So all I'm doing is now bleeding my right hand over to the other side, and it's not a problem, right? So, whoops. It gets a lot easier, needless to say. Whoops. It's just it's hard to get the neutral for me right now. Uh, but of course, I can also use the uh, technique to hit neutral on this. And actually, doesn't that make it so that it's really easy to wave dash or something like that on this thing? I forget. Because it's back, back, down, back. I can't do it. I can't do it. But this is why the cross-up makes it a lot easier for me. I have trouble timing the left hand and the right hand. But when I'm on the cross-up, it's super easy for me. It's super easy. But you do have a lot of advantages uh, using this controller, obviously. Obviously, you have a lot of advantages on this controller. And so... Yeah, my biggest problem. So what was I? What was my mess up there? I didn't hit. I didn't keep holding down. Is what I'm doing. I see. So there, I got three electrics right there. So as you can see, me as a Tekken scrub, I can actually do electrics fairly easily. So uh, with this controller, as long as I use my right hand, basically. And I have heard that once you learn how to wave dash on this thing, it's like almost kind of broken on this thing. So tap forward, forward, then down forward. Whoa, hold back. Wait, how does that work? Hold back, tap forward, forward. 
Wait, why does down forward, down forward, forward, down forward, down forward, down forward? What? That doesn't make any sense. Oh my god, that doesn't make any sense. Rip, help me out here. So hold back the whole time. Forward, forward, down, and then forward. Do I? It's not down forward, right? So if I do it with two hands, it's easy. <laughs> but I can't do it with one hand. Oh, you only need to hit down forward once you get it started. So it's forward, forward, down, 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 forward. Holy crap. So you go, uh, 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 essentially, right? People do use two hands on hitbox. Okay. Well, there you go. But, uh, yeah. So there are a lot of really big advantages that you get out of this controller. And so now the question really comes down to is what do we do? This is the main question, right? This is the main question that we're, we're all kind of hitting at this point. Like, what are we supposed to do? Oh, you can, you can say that. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> so uh, the, the question is, how do we stop this? Or what do we do? Or do we just accept our new SOCD cleaning overlords, right? Well, uh, actually, interestingly enough, just jumping into chat, and one of the guys who have been... Uh, heavily involved in the debate online, Auric has come up with a great idea, in my opinion, on how to solve this problem. I really think that the, 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 go away, stop this. I really think that the solution that he came up with is a really, really good idea, which is a form of SOCD cleaning that we haven't seen yet, which is earliest input priority, earliest input takes priority. That is the easiest and probably most effective way to fix almost all of these problems. First input priority. Now, is it going to eliminate all of the advantages? No, it's still going to be much easier to dash on a hit a button, all buttons controller, uh, 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 a button motion controller. <laughs> And so what we mean by that is the mistake we have right now is that left plus right equals neutral. And what this means is that it gives us the ability to input something that we normally shouldn't be able to input. By creating a first input priority, we eliminate a lot of the shortcuts because We've taken away the ability for the game to reinterpret an input. So, basically, if I hold left on a controller, right is deaded. If I hold right on the controller, left is deaded. If I hold down on the controller, up is deaded. And if I hold up and I hit down, ooh, I just did that backwards. If I hold down and I hit up, up is deaded, and if I hold up and I hit down, down is deaded. So what does this provide us here? Let's take a look. This already exists, but in only one direction, remember, which was the up and down. I showed you guys this earlier, that up and down causes this to happen already. 
Nothing will stop this show. So in other words, if I hold up on the controller, like so, if I hold up on the controller, let's go to the display over here. If I hold up on this controller, and then I hit down, you notice how the game is not registering anything. That's because while holding up, dead is down is deaded. This has first input priority, but it really doesn't because if I hold down and hit up, up wins. And so I can go back and forth. So if we just change it so that it's first input priority on all of the SOCD situations, so holding right then hitting left doesn't do anything, holding left and then hitting right doesn't do anything, etc., etc., that would work. How can tournaments check if players are disabling the SOCD? We have no idea. There's no, there's really no way unless you try to call someone out on it. Uh, someone can easily change the board in their joystick to something that allows for the other ones. You just basically have to call people out on it, really. Um, let me see, what are you saying? Doesn't that give an unfair advantage to a stick during rolls? No, 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 yeah, yeah, just like, just like Rip says in the chat, you don't take it away from the, the, the back plus down and stuff like that. It's only for opposite directions, which shouldn't be possible in the first place. So what this allow, what this prevents people from instant charging, they have to let go of back to throw forward in a sonic boom. It'll still be faster than a joystick because it takes more time to hit back on a joystick than it does on a uh, controller. I mean that it'll take longer to go back on the joystick than it will on the hitbox, but still you remove a lot of the shortcut potentials, right? So the four frame Ryu thing that he does, that Dustin does on the hitbox video will not work. <coughs> right, Necromancy Black, you can't change most PCBs to not do some sort of SOCD. You could certainly build your own. Is that cheap and easy to do and worth it if someone calls you out on it and you get banned? Probably not. Uh, but, you know, I think that this takes care of a lot of the problems, right? A lot of people have talked about put the diagonals back in inputs. Like, why is the supers in Street Fighter V down forward, down forward? I don't know. I kind of think it's kind of messed up too, uh, to be honest with you. But I'm also old school and I know that it helps a lot of players uh, do better uh, early on. It helps them get supers and stuff like that. I certainly hate short input shortcuts. In the, in the case of KOF 15, there's a bug for uh, Lucia that drives me absolutely up the freaking wall that you can actually do down, down, forward, forward, down, forward, forward, and she comes out with the super. And that is just, that only happens to two characters in this game. Did I call her Lucia? Isla, Isla. That happens to, that, that happens to Isla in this game. Uh, it's only her and Maiten Kun who have this problem. And it's just a good indication of when I hate shortcuts. I actually prefer a little more, more complex inputs, in fact, even in uh, NRS games, I actually turn on the Street Fighter. 
I actually turn on the Street Fighter motion so back forward becomes half circle, down forward becomes quarter circle forward. I actually prefer it that way because I get less accidents that way. It actually feels like it's more precise controllers for me than it is uh, doing the faster inputs. Uh, I haven't watched story mode, Tiny Text. I don't know anything about Lucy uh, Isla's personality. Uh, but yeah, so uh, I would like to just to put the diagonals back in there. And you know what? The Canons have actually said something a long time ago uh, when the Gaffro box first started becoming an issue and Evo decided to come up with its official rules on the controller situation. The Canons have actually said in the end, they don't care about SOCD cleaning on the hardware side at all. And in fact, they would almost kind of prefer it that the SOCD cleaners on the hardware side go away completely. And it's just up to the developers to make sure they do the SOCD cleaning properly on the software side. Again, the more if you have SOCD cleaning on the hardware side, it doesn't matter what the software does. So in a weird way, by eliminating SOCD cleaning completely on the hardware side, it actually gives more power to the people on the software side. Again, super important to, know, to emphasize this is that the SOCD cleaning, actually I should have changed topics over here. Proposed solutions, let's do this. Very important is that hardware SOCD overwrites anything that you do on the software side because hardware SOCD changes what inputs are being sent to the game. So even if the game tries to do first input priority, if the controller has left plus right equal neutral, the only thing the game itself receives is neutral. <laughs> the only thing the game itself receives is neutral. The software side of things then will not fix anything. So honestly, first input priority should be the default on all of the hardware. Actually. If there is SOCD cleaning, first input priority should be on there. And then, but if it's probably better that they have no SOCD cleaning at all. Now, does that hurt the old games? Yeah, 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 that's a problem. Because now if we're playing UMVC3 on Steam and stuff, they're not gonna patch these games to program the SOCD cleaning in there. So there is some kind of shittiness there. Uh, unfortunately uh, but again by putting everything on the software side too outside of software hacks that means that if we put the responsibility on the software then the people at home playing you online have less control to cheat one of the important things right now is this is all fine and dandy that we're coming up with tournament rules for offline events but we can't do a damn thing about rank. We can't do a damn thing about what people are doing at home when they're playing. They could go for all sorts of cheap methods that we don't know. They could probably 
they can get some of those old classic programmable controllers. I have a programmable controller that I can just hit a button and then once you whiff a DP, I hit the button and it automatically does the big long combo for me. They could do that at home if they wanted to. You could obviously go and check and because you'll see the inputs are too precise that it's obvious that they're cheating. I once thought Jewel Man was cheating with Honda because his hand slaps were too consistent, but he was just really good. He just was really good, so fix my face on that one. Uh, but yeah, you can't stop, but if it's on the software side, you know, at least when it comes to SOCD cleaning and stuff like that, you can control as much cheating as you can. Uh, so really, honestly, I think that is the best solution is if you have SOCD cleaning on your controller, first input priority should take effect. If or else don't put it in there and have the software do it. Now again, that harms a lot of the old games, but I don't know what we can do about that at this point in time. It might just have to be a future thing uh, from now on. Gut says, by the way, sticks were born from arcade, pad from consoles. Games were made for these devices. Hitboxes are an afterthought from, from user-owned creation. Right, exactly. And, you know, the interesting thing about that is that literally Tekken is designed for arcades. The entire concept of the Electric Wing Godfist is designed around execution difficulty presented by a joystick button combination that it's really hard to determine when you move the joystick from down to down forward and to hit the button on that exact same frame. It is literally designed for a specific set of hardware, which is why Tekken has had a little bit more problems with things like the cross-up. I feel like fighting games needed to be developed in a way that they keep a lot of things more in mind. I don't know how Tekken fixes this if they want to maintain legacy. You don't want to eliminate decades of electric practice, you know, that these players have done and all of a sudden make it so that it's a different timing or a completely different way to do it. But at the same time, you want to try to design your game in a way that it is kind of controller agnostic, right? That's the, that's the main thing. I mean, controllers, are they going to ba ban them based on the individual game? Uh, Necromancy Black probably can tell me better than anyone else, but is the cross-up banned in Tekken? I would imagine that it would be. As much as I believe in we need to move on and accept most of the controllers for Tekken, I kind of think that cross-ups should be banned. <laughs> Uh, the reason why Necromancy Black is because they do not have uh, SOCD cleaning. Uh, SOCD cleaning is required for it to be a legal controller, and the keyboard does not have that, and so it's technically banned, basically. So, uh, that's why keyboards generally are banned at uh, events. Um... Um, there's something else I was going to say, but yeah, uh, the important thing to discuss here though, the important thing to discuss here and what we have to stop doing this is we have to stop make, turning this into a witch hunt for hitbox controllers. We don't, we have to stop making this a witch hunt for 
for boomers who want to keep using joysticks. This is not get with the times, old man, or whatever like that. There's a lot of very interesting things to be discussed here. You know, just like the monitor situation, you know, 14 frames is what fighting games are designed around in terms of legit reactability, right? You know, that's what they're literally balanced around. The devs have even mentioned for Dragon Ball Fighters that they weren't sure what to do. They thought they developed the game in a way that was a true mix-up. But Goichi's defense was too strong and it made them wonder, like, should we lower the tech window on the, you know, the super dashes? And, you know, it made them think about it. And if the monitors become too effective and, you know, the time that I played Arturo on the super refresh monitor thing, I couldn't shimmy or throw him. Like, I literally couldn't. He could tech every throw and he would not press a button if I shimmied. Street Fighter V is literally designed around the concept that you cannot tech throws on reaction. And so if we start going on this path of optimizing monitors, are we breaking the game? And if that's the case, do we want to make sure that we're not optimized? <laughs> and that's kind of my feeling in terms of these controllers as well. Again, I'm not advocating for either, right? Maybe we lower the window to 12 frames being the standard for reactability and not reactability once we get the optimization on input lag and display lag maximized, etc., etc. Maybe we just have to rebalance all the games and design our games differently. But there is an interesting conversation that there is the ability to intentionally not want to do this to uphold the fidelity of the game. And I I think that this is an important conversation. This is what we need to do. This is what a lot of this is bringing up. We need to talk about how this is handled, not yelling at banning hitboxes or get with the times, old man. This is an important conversation and it's changing the scene. I have talked about this with the Tetris guys before as well. The technique of rolling, I don't know if people have seen this, level 29 on Tetris is the kill screen. It was called the kill screen because nobody could survive that and it's unsurvivable. Well, someone just flipped the game into the point where the game crashed and started displaying the wrong colors and stuff like that because people can survive infinitely on level 29 plus now because it never gets faster thanks to a brand new technique. And so my argument is that this is a discussion that has to be made. Do we now all of a sudden start, how do we change the tournaments, et cetera, et cetera. These are conversations that we have to get in front of. In fact, when the, before the cross-up was invented, a year before the cross-up was invented, I tweeted out that I was like, Tekken scene, you guys have to start thinking about controllers where the buttons are on the right side. And I had no idea the cross-up was coming. I took my joystick using the accessibility features. My button is broken. Using the accessibility features on the PlayStation, I mapped this to right. And I could do, I could do electrics for free. And I was like, this is an issue that we have to approach it. We have to start talking about it. Let's get ahead of this. And everybody was like, nah, it won't matter. Nobody's gonna care. That'll never happen. We'll just ban whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then a year later, the cross-up came out 
And then everybody's like, shit, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? And I literally quote retweeted my tweet from a year ago saying, what, dude, like, look at this. Look at this. So this is what we should be doing right here. It's not a, don't let our feelings get in the way of everything at this point. And in fact, we want to allow people to be able to play on whatever they want. The best, the best timeline is joystick, pad, hitbox, or I'm sorry, all buttons controller, uh, steering wheel controller, guitar controller, body pillow controller, whatever you use, should all be legal and all of them should offer their own advantages and that's the best timeline possible that is what we should be trying to strive for and as we are running into all these things that's what we have to start discussing right now trying to ban hitboxes trying to yell at people who want to ban hitboxes is not productive however it is very important that we do realize that the hitbox is giving certain advantages right now. Um, oh God, there was something else I wanted to say. Uh, I mean, see, that's the thing. People are going to say hitbox is cheating, right? But it's not. It's not cheating, right? Because like I said, there are actual distinct advantages to the joystick over the hitbox. I actually stated one actual distinct advantage that joysticks have over hitboxes is that you don't have to time releasing a button on the motion side right you don't have to and that is a huge advantage my biggest problem on the hitbox is that i want to hold buttons down and i have trouble letting go of buttons in time to get the things that i want and so there is an advantage of joystick that it, if i go from left to right i have let go of left there is no way I can hold both at the same time. And that is a huge advantage. Uh, keyboards are not uh, legal all the time. Uh, I don't know how the SOCD on DP and analog is behaving on the pad. And again, the pad is just causing all sorts of stupid problems. Oh, okay. So it's more that keyboards just don't work on PS4s and PCs can't use two at once. Okay, so that, there's some other of the main reasons. Uh, there's some of the main reasons why we aren't using keyboards directly. There is such thing as a mix box though. The mix box does exist, which just takes WASD and uh, puts it on the left side of a controller. So people who are keyboard players do have ways to play on a keyboard that they literally just create WASD and then put the insert home page up buttons and stuff like that on the right. And they just, it's just basically a, a hitbox controller with keyboard buttons and a keyboard layout, basically. Um, but yeah, uh, this is something that we need to talk about. We need to jump ahead of and we need to fix now. Now, oh, that's what it is that I want to talk about. The main question is, if we decide to change everything to first input priority, what happens to all the existing hitboxes out there? Somebody in the chat might be able to tell me this because I don't know the answer to this. But I would imagine that hitboxes and uh, like most controllers and most things that could be plugged into the computer can be flash updated, right? I would imagine that you should be able to firmware update a hitbox, right? Because there have been patches and new firmware, yeah, so I mean, Exilion mentions that. I believe that there is, uh, okay, so the snack box can be firmware updated. 
Guts is saying that you should be, uh, so most people are saying that the hitboxes should be able to be firmware updated. Now, how do we enforce that people have updated the firmware on their controller or not? I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, if it can be firmware updated, it 100% can handle that kind of change. You're just changing the software on, that's on the hardware itself. It's just software in the end, so it should be able to be changed. If it can be firmware updated, it can change the inputs. I'm almost pop. If they design the controller so that the firmware update can't actually change that, I think that's a poorly designed piece of hardware. That's just my opinion. Like you're not gonna make a controller like that, give it the ability to have firmware updates and not give it the ability to change something like that. Uh, I, I really think so. Uh, I guess it's true, Initial D, yeah, that it could just be literally hardware embedded and that there's really actually nothing you can do. But hopefully you can, hopefully you can. Uh, but if they do decide to make that change, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know how we, I don't know how that hap, I don't know how we make that fair for the hitbox players if they can't actually update the firmware on that. We would have to get someone from hitbox to confirm one way or another, so. Yeah, and see, that's the other thing too, is why we can't ban hitboxes. Tombstone brings us up, and this was a point that I wanted to bring up and I forgot to mention, but literally some people's hands are dying because of controllers and joysticks and they can't play, but they can play on things like hitboxes or the customized, uh, the customized, uh, split box that David has created, right? Yeah, look at Melee, look at the damage Melee has done to people's hands. And honestly, I mean, I, I honestly do think that these, uh, some of these controllers, the hitbox controllers, look what the hitbox almost did to Sejam. Hitbox almost murdered Sejam. I'm actually really bad at the Snackbox Micro because I like playing close to me. And when you play the Snackbox Micro close to you, your hand is like this. And so when I actually use this controller for long periods of time, my hands hurt a lot more than when I use the joystick. I prefer playing controllers further away from me, which is why I'm also bad at playing controllers joysticks on my lap as well. I, I actually use a table and I put the table in front of me and I play with the joystick a little further out in front of me because it allows my hands to be straighter and stuff. It's actually more comfortable. So, you know, while the hitbox can be good for you, it can also be bad. It just depends on the controller that you're looking for. But having it as the option, the, uh, what is that box called? The, 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 the ergo box, I think it is, where the controllers are, the buttons are literally on the sides like this. So you play like this. This is what Alex Myers is using. David has the split box so he can move it no matter where he wants to and stuff like that. We can't ban all button controllers because it is an accessibility thing. It does allow some people to play who can't play with other controllers. So I think that's actually something that's important. That's why we shouldn't be focusing on trying to ban those things. Well, hi, Nathan. Nathan is going to uh, rub his face all over the controller again. And so it's a really interesting conversation out there. Now, 
you know, again, I do believe if you are a fan of optimizing your display lag that, you know, and this is not trying to call out Arturo directly, uh, but in my opinion, if you are all for optimizing display lag, you have to be all for optimizing controllers as well. So uh, it's all in the name of similar kinds of thing is optimization, optimization, optimization. Uh, so we need a cat box. Yeah, basically. So cats can play too. I'm down with that. I'm down with that. Uh, but again, I, I, PS1 pad, no joystick is the goat. <laughs> it's lightweight. I mean, why do you think Luffy still keeps using it, right? Luffy definitely uh, keeps is, is still using the PS1 pad. He keeps collecting PS1 pads that he can find, so. Um. <laughs> Bowls of food, there you go. <laughs> uh, but that's, that's the thing. So what's happening here right now is important discourse in the FGC. And one of the tough things about it is that everybody's all up in their feelings as always. And we need to get over that. We need to get over that. We need to realize how important this conversation is. And we need to look at real solutions to having solved these problems. We need to ask the questions. Can Hitbox be firmware updated? Hi, Hi cat. Oh. Oh. <laughs> look at this cat, man. What is, what is up? Uh, but yeah, we have to look at all these solutions here and we have to consider doing it. And we also have to consider what's best for the game, right? Same thing with the uh, display lag situation. Yeah, it can give us faster reactions, but is faster reactions actually what we should have? Like obviously if you're a competitor, you're gonna say yes, of course we should have it. But in terms of fidelity of the game, is that something we want, right? Especially for, I mean, if, if we're not patching older games as well, if let's say everyone can react faster to throws, does that make Legacy Street Fighter V tournaments broken because now the, the core mix-up of the game doesn't work because you can actually react to throws? Is that fair to give that kind of advantage to the 1% of players who actually have the reaction to be able to take advantage of that refresh rate? God knows I can't use that advantage. I don't care what art does to my my PC. I don't think my reactions are going to get any better. You know, <laughs> my reactions are going to be just as bad as they always are. So, uh, you know, is that fair? But, you know, I mean, that's the whole thing with anything, right? The, isn't, isn't that what makes competition the best? Is the 1% who can do it and that nobody else can? That's kind of what makes competition important, right? Isn't that what competition is about, is to find that 1% of people who are better than everybody else? And that's why we admire the Michael Jordans. That's why we have the Jordan, Kobe, LeBron debates. Jordan number one, Kobe number two. <clears throat> LeBron not in top three. Um, isn't that why we have these kind of debates in the first place, right? So that's just the thing, you know. Uh, it's an interesting conversation. And I think that we need to talk about that. I think we need to, I think we need to actually have this conversation. And, and, and you know, I, I like what Brian F is doing because he's clearly not on one side or the other. He's clearly just trying to figure out what the solution is and trying to talk about solutions as well. And I think that that's really, really, really important. So. 
Great. I just turned the chat into an NBA conversation. Oh man, of course that that that's gonna happen. Of course that's gonna happen. Um But yeah, uh that's how it is. That's how it is at this point. And so, you know, my my standpoint is that we should be looking at all the different possible solutions. Try not to ban anything and find a way that works out for everybody. First input priority, I think, is a crucial SOCD cleaning method that solves a lot of our problems because it, then it doesn't allow for alternate inputs to do anything else. If I'm holding left, hitting right doesn't let me do right while holding left. Holding left means you're holding left. It kind of emulates a joystick in a, in a way, you know? So I think that that's the right way to do it, uh, to be honest with you. And uh, and then, in the end, we need all layers of defense, right? The software themselves just need to write the SOCD cleaners in there just in case controllers aren't using them. But again, first input priority should be uh, the way to go. And then once we're in that situation, honestly, I think every controller has their own distinct advantages. I don't think the hitbox is the clear number one advantage controller. You know, the more that I've messed with it, the more I've played with it. And again, that's not because I'm used to the joystick and I can't use the hitbox. Again, one of my friends plays uh, first person shooters with WESD as the four keys instead of WASD, which I think he had like, I don't even remember how he did it, but like E and D were up and down and WS were left and right or something like that. And he just got used to it. You can get used to whatever you want to, but every input method has their own, uh, has their own advantages, uh, honestly. And uh, the problem with it is right now, the reason why the hitbox can be considered, quote, cheating is because it has an extra input. Left plus right equaling neutral and up plus down equaling up is technically macros. Because uh, while it is legal in terms of it's going into uh, neutral, for example, but there are uses for that. There are ways to take advantage of that. And so that's, that's the main thing right there, is that you have an alternate input to get something that you're supposed to get a different way. And that's why first input priority, I think, works really well, is because it prevents that, emulates what the controllers are supposed to be. And again, in the, in the interest of optimization, maybe we should let everything rock, right? But again, that's not what games are designed for. In fact, you know what? Uh, someone else on Twitter had a really interesting point in talking about advantages of joystick over uh, hitboxes. He actually said, as a Marvel player, when he sees somebody using a hitbox, he goes left, right, mix up crazy. He, in fact, he goes even more crazy with left, right mix-ups than normal because he said the chances of you accidentally holding left and right and creating neutral at one point in time will actually make it harder for you to block my left, right mix-ups than it would be if you were on a joystick. So if he sees his opponent as a hitbox player, he actually takes advantage of that because of, like I said, the problem that letting go of a button is now a thing you have to be cognizant of, 
right? If you don't let go of one of the buttons when you hit the other direction fast enough, you're in neutral and you're getting hit. So literally, somebody out there takes advantage of somebody else out there. Uh, yeah, Night Slash, it's not, it's not actually a macro, but it kind of serves as a, it's an alternate input to get something that you shouldn't get by doing it that way. Not exactly a macro, but, yeah, eh, I mean, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a little bit of a, it's an interesting trick. It's an interesting, it's an interesting line to discuss. It's not a macro, but it's an alternate input, right? Gray zone, it is a very gray zone. But again, these are all the important conversations we have to have, and these are the things that we need to talk about. Again, I don't think any of these controllers have an advantage. I really don't. I really don't, except for the fact that left plus right equals neutral, and up plus down equals up. If we kind of eliminate the SOCD cleaning with the first input priority, I feel like we've solved a lot of the problems, honestly. And these are the conversations that we need to have. Let's not talk about banning anything. Let's not talk about you You should get with the times joystick users. And again, I know I'm old, so it obviously sounds like I'm gonna be biased for that, but I've been saying people should be going to Hitbox for a long time. I'd go to the Hitbox if I could, if my muscle memory allowed me to, but I just don't wanna take that time. I have no interest, I'm not competing seriously, so I have no interest in trying to erase 30 years of muscle memory. I just don't, right? I, I've been using a joystick since Dig Dug, okay? Look, I have no interest in trying to change my muscle memory at this point in time. And so it may sound like I'm being biased, like, oh, I don't want the joysticks to have the advantage, blah, 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 but whatever, dude. I mean, it again, like if anybody out there says that the uh, antagonist is cheating, left plus right is essentially the same thing as the antagonist, right? Using that, uh, 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 using an extra button to shift into doing something that's not supposed to be there, right? The antagonist is literally a hardware bypass you can install in your joystick that someone invented that adds another button on your controller that when you hit it, it actually uh, shifts buttons into a different input. So if I hold left and I hit this button, it turns it into right. And if I hold right and hit it, it turns it into left. You know, stuff like that. So I can actually have hitbox speed charge timing and stuff like that. That's what the antagonist is about. And it's something that's starting to get out there for joystick players because they're like, oh, screw the hitbox. If you guys are cheating, I'm gonna cheat too. And we're just opening up all this can of worms and we're causing like a lot. I mean, ironically, it's causing a lot of antagonism. I think we need to get to the point where we solve, we create a solution and be as embraceful of all the controllers as possible. And again, we have to look at what the games are meant to do. Yes, can we be more optimal if we fix display lag, if we improve our controllers? Yes. Should we though? For the integrity of the game, right? Everything out there has this kind of situation, right? You create rules for the integrity of games, right? All athletic sports out there have changed the rules to nerf things for the integrity of the game, right? Just because we can optimize everything to another degree doesn't necessarily mean we should. 
And that's the interesting discussion right there. That is where all this conversation should be going. How are we going to find the proper middle ground? We should stop battling between consoles are better than PCs, PCs are better than consoles, hitbox is better than stick, stick is better than hitbox, pad is better. We should stop all this conversation and start finding out how we can solve a lot of the, and find out what it is that we want, that what we should be doing. Now, of course, everyone's going to have differences of opinions. And so it's going to be really hard. Some people are going to be like, of course, we should optimize everything to the nth degree. And some people are like, no, of course we shouldn't. Games weren't meant to be played that way. And it's interesting. And it's one of the hardest things about the FGC is we have no governing body. We don't have anybody out there who could make these rules. But it's an interesting conversation. And that's the most important thing that I want to get out in this video here, right? Is that this is not about trying to prove why one thing is better than the other. This is all about talking about trying to broaden everybody's understanding of what's actually happening in our scene so we can talk about it from an educated and intelligent viewpoint, right? If you even are a joystick fan or if you are a hitbox fan, understanding where the other people are coming from, understanding where the what the decisions we want to make are, the things to consider are all important. We can have an intelligent conversation about this, in my opinion. And that's where we should be heading towards. It's trying to find a way that is fair to everybody. Again, I don't want to ban a goddamn thing, right? My argument to the, to the Tetris community was literally because of rolling now allowing for, on the original NES pad, rolling has allowed for infinite play. People can live forever on Tetris, on NES Tetris, which wasn't imagined before. That's why classic Tetris used to be limited to NES controllers. Because a hitbox controller would break NES Tetris, right? Because now I, now I can do the track and field fingering to move left and right faster than on a Nest Pad or faster than Daz and faster than hyper tapping. Well, guess what? People found a way to do it on the NES Pad. So now, in my opinion, my argument to the, to the Tetris community is that we should allow for any controllers as long as they don't have turbo on them, right? And that's important to me because accessibility again. And you know what? Learning rolling, learning hyper tapping is killing hands. Joseph, the champion who plays by hyper-tapping, says his wrists hurt like the majority of the time, the former champion. You know, honestly, the former champion, Joseph, his wrists hurt a lot of the time because of the way that he has to hold the controller for hyper-tapping. Opening up the controllers to whatever people need is important, and I think this is what we have to look at for the fighting game. We shouldn't ban the input devices. People need to start making games so that the input devices stop giving advantages. You know, I mean, like I said, in Exert, as a Johnny player, all those crazy miscancel combos in the corner, you know, jump, dust, miscancel, slash, jump, dust, miscancel, dust, miscancel into the thing. Dude, I don't care what controller you work, you're using. They're all going to be equally as hard. The execution you're going to have to learn to do Johnny miscancel combos is going to be as difficult no matter what controller that you play on. 
These are the kind of things that we have to be considering when we're making fighting games now. We're not making games only for one platform. We're making games for every single platform out there and the ability for people to customize controllers. Right, exactly, Uthi Bun. That's the thing now. Devs know what's out there controller-wise. Gotta make sure the field is fair. The devs, the developers, the programmers have to start broadening their scope of everything. They have to realize what's actually happening out there and they have to program their games to match that. And that's what we need to do. It's gonna take a while for it to get there. Uh, Project, Project L is gonna be one of our best chances for that because you know Tom and Tony are paying attention to everything right now. So they're going to be, uh, the, the and they're the ones who said that SOCD cleaning should be software side in the first place. So uh, I'm sure Project L is going to give us a lot of uh, good standards to follow. But this is something that needs to be discussed. This is how we need to move forward. Instead of fighting amongst ourselves, let's figure out how to foolproof this in the future. Right? Again... Fighting games, if nothing, are about adapting. Our scene has adapted so many goddamn times. Like I said, the move from arcade to consoles was one of the most controversial things ever. When Evo decided to go consoles instead of uh, arcades, it was one of the most contro controversial and hated on decisions ever made. And it's funny we say that now, like nowadays you're like, whoa, really? That sounds really stupid. Yeah, because we've been playing on consoles forever and consoles are the standard. So it was a good decision they made, but that was an adaptation. Going to online was an adaptation. During this pandemic, learning to play a lot of tournaments online was an adaptation. Now, some people would rather play online because they have optimized monitors and stuff like that, uh, that they have that's easier for them to play than offline. FGC has been adapting with technology. That's the punishment you pay for being an awesome genre and lasting three decades. Yeah, but um, <laughs> honestly, we have to keep up with the times, right? And the times is not about eliminating old stuff necessarily, but making sure that we continue to adapt to what's out there, to having the developers understand the changes that are coming along in our scene. And that's what we need to discuss. That's what we need to be talking about, honestly. So, And right, yeah, you don't want to eliminate joystick stuff because people in Japan are still playing on joysticks all the time, right? It's crazy. Yeah, Uthibun's right. There's not a genre or video game tournament scene that has lasted as long as the FGC has. It's none. None. I, like... This is not even a bias. This is not even like, you know, uh, we're, I mean, maybe you could talk about the classic Tetris World Championships, but I mean, that tournament scene hasn't existed at, I mean, Evo's literally been happening every year since 2002, right? Like literally every year there's been an Evo outside of the pandemic years. And before that there was a B5 and a B4 and a B3, right? Like we've been doing this tournament shit for a long, long ass time. Magic the Gathering, okay, but that's not a video game. Not a video game. I'm just saying video games. Video games. <laughs> but yeah, look. <laughs> 
Video, FGC bias aside, the fighting game community has been long around for a long, long, long time. Oh, SF2 came out a year before Magic the Gathering. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, actually you're right. You're right, I was playing Street Fighter before Magic the Gathering. Nope, now that you mention it, that is true. I was playing Street Fighter before uh, Magic the Gathering. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's just basically what it is. FGC has been a consistent competitive scene since 2000, since even before 2000, right? We've been running regionals and locals for a long, long time. And uh, I mean, EVO isn't even the oldest tournament series, right? Even though we haven't had Final Round for a long time, Final Round existed before EVO. Final Round was running in 1990-something. Final Round, had it not stopped, uh, recently, and I, I'm sure uh, they'll probably try to bring it back. Um, the final round has been the longest-running tournament series uh, ever. They started before anybody else. So again, we have to keep adapting with the times. So instead of talking about, and again, I know I do this all the time, and I know I'm hot takes James on Twitter, and I keep saying stupid things that making people mad and stuff like that. But like, honestly, the, the goal really is not to try to ostracize any particular sect of people playing this game. We wanna make sure everybody can play regardless of what kind of controller they wanna use. And I think that's one of the coolest things about a fighting game tournament, is that if literally somebody comes up with a body pillow joystick, which somebody has done, the reason why I keep making that joke is because literally somebody has built a joystick into a body pillow. We should just let that happen. <laughs> we should just let that rock. If somebody wants to play fighting games on the freaking uh, uh, poppin' music controller like someone was doing at, at uh, in one of those videos that was uh, being shown, I think it was it. Was that at ECT just this past weekend? Uh, dude, let anybody play however they want. And I think that's the best choice. Uh, honestly, I think that's the best way for us to handle it and uh, let's find out and, and if it takes You know making sure that controllers are compliant with SOCD first priority or if the software starts handling it Again, let's keep having this conversation. Let's keep talking about it So while a lot of people are sick of the conversation like oh, is this conversation happening again. I think it's important I think it's important people like to not talk about these things or like they like to get up all in their feelings about these things and that's not what we should be doing we should definitely be trying to solve things in and discuss it in as calm of a as a, of a method as possible octogate players <sighs> i can't say anything i mean i used to think octogate was better than square gate america was very anti-square gate it was only because of mad cats making the TE and the TE2, the, the, the TE and the SE, I should say, that turned America to Squaregate players. In fact, at a lot of the old uh, Evos, when we ran on arcade cabinets, we used Cigar Bob's cabinet because it had the ability to swap out the panels to switch from Squaregate to Perfect 360s so that Japanese could fight Americans and Americans could fight Americans and Japanese could fight Japanese. Like literally we had it so that you could take off the panels on the top eight stages, unplug it, and then plug another controller back into it like that. 
Uh, America wasn't on the Square Gate train until Street Fighter 4, but previous to 2009, America was very anti-Square Gate. Very anti-Square Gate, and it's only recently that we, uh, it's, it's actually only within the latter portion of fighting game history that America is actually on board with Square Gates on joysticks. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, anyways, I think I've talked about this long enough. I think I'm going to go ahead and call it a night uh, for you guys. I hope this conversation was good for you guys. I hope you guys learned a lot. I hope that, you know, this was kind of eye-opening uh, on a lot of uh, different kind of parts of this conversation, different aspects of this conversation. And uh, I really do hope that it helps uh, um, people you know, uh, think about this situation, think about this whole entire thing in a different light and from a more productive standpoint. So, uh, outside of that, uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, and, uh, I will, this is September and I know the September deals are not as good as they were before, but I'm going to try to play as much fighting games as I can this month on twitch.tv slash jchenzor. Uh, mostly I'll probably be trying to play Street Fighter 5 because you can get ranked matches in Street Fighter 5 but I'm definitely gonna try to run some lobbies for like KOF and for Guilty Gear and and DNF and stuff like that if I can we'll see if I can handle it we'll see if my ADHD allows me to do all this stuff I can tell myself to do all these things but I'm very bad at it <laughs> but uh, hopefully I'll be able to stream a lot more so uh, keep an eye on twitch.tv slash jchenzor in the meantime hope you guys are still enjoying and appreciating all of the content on twitch.tv slash ultrachentv uh, and uh, I will talk to you guys next time please stay safe out there continue to social distance get vaccinated man hey I caught COVID from Evo and the vaccine definitely saved me a lot of headache, literally and figuratively. So please be safe out there. And uh, I will see you guys next week here on the Not Tuesday show. Talk to you later and have a good night. Peace out.